listening to the Pocket Pulpit Podcast with Sarah Kinzer and Hector Martinez, part of the TCD Podcast Network. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Pocket Pulpit Podcast. My name is Hector, and normally uh, my co-host Sarah would introduce herself, but uh, today it's a solo episode. We got myself and... Uh, we'll just say, you know, Sarah's going to be in the background, you know, just kind of yeah. listening on in, uh, in John, who you just heard, uh, John, Pyle, I'm Sarah, I'm friend. Sarah today. Oh, I'm Sarah today. I, you know what, John, if you play both roles, I would yeah. be very impressed. Very impressed. Um, Hey, well, so John, our, our guest today, uh, man, I was actually thinking back, like just trying to think, how did I meet John? And, and honestly, I think I first came across you. Um, which hold on, I'm getting ahead of myself, John. Yeah. We jumped right in. <laughs> um, man, the pocket pulpit. What is the pocket pulpit, right? Uh, the pocket pulpit podcast. What we do is we we look at exploring digital spaces, uh, specifically for the purpose of ministry. You know, mm-hmm. who can do it? What is digital ministry? What is digital discipleship? Online church. All these questions that kind of um, are circling over the last few years. Uh, more so in the last few years, but have kind of been up in the forefront yeah. um, recently. And so just looking at exploring, who's doing the exploring? How can you do exploring of ministry in digital spaces and online spaces? And so, uh, man, I I remember the actually the, the network that we're both a part of, the podcast network under the, yeah, the Church yeah. Digital. That's right. I remember when, when we interviewed Jeff and so... Um, around that time, I had started kind of looking into like, well, who's even a part of this network? And, yeah. you know, just in its infancy. And I remember being like, oh, let me go look at the other guys and, and that are on this network of podcasts. And I remember coming across you and being like, oh, John, and guess what? He's in San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, which, man, I, I just uh, now get to be so close to you here in, in Texas. And so... John, uh, I could talk a lot about you and and you know everything, but but I want you to be able to do justice. So uh, tell us who you are, tell us what's your story, kind of who are your people, and yeah. then um, tell us what platforms you're on, just in yeah. social media. Uh, so I'm John, and I am an associate and digital pastor at City Church in San Antonio. Um, focused, you know, associate pastor doesn't mean anything to people. Right. Because it's like, okay, what does that mean? Uh, but digital pastoring is a part of it. Um, my people, man, San Antonio is such a great place, but I've kind of developed a, a, an online people that I am attracted to and connected with of like people that are the way that I would describe it is I am. Uh, there's been a lot of people who have been hurt by the church. And there's a lot of people who have left, who are deconstructing, who are out of religion or out of relationship, right? Uh, Whatever with Jesus. And so my people are the folks that I feel like are the lost sheep, Um, the folks that have been driven away, been sent away or have gone away. Um, And a lot of times in herd. And I wouldn't have defined those as my people uh, to start. I wouldn't have said that's why I'm online, right? That's why, and maybe some of it has to do with my platform sector because I'm on, Twitter is my social media platform. That's the one that I invest all my time, all my energy in. I can't do Instagram for some reason. Like I get on there and it's sad. I just looked at it last night because a link sent me there. And I have all my friends that are sending me all these cool memes and great stuff. And I'm just like, I can't look at it. not because I don't want to look at it, but because once I check it, they're going to think I check it all the time. Oh, uh, and I'm like, you're just oh, man. standard. You're just, I, I'm never expectations I, real. I'm just, I'm never here. Um, and Facebook is Facebook. Nobody likes to be on Facebook anymore. I don't think, um, I'll pop on TikTok. Like I'll binge like maybe once every two weeks and like really get in there. Um, my wife sends me really good ones, but she usually has to text me or come home and tell me that she sent me a good TikTok. Um, and so Twitter is it for me, man. I love Twitter besides podcasting, of course, but I love Twitter. That's my social platform. And on Twitter, I've connected with some of the most wonderful, incredible people in the entire world, including yourself. Um, and, and yeah, and including Sarah and including like 
uh, Jeff Reed and including all these incredible people, uh, Will Soto, who I just talked to, like I've made a whole community out of Twitter. So, yeah, man, uh, th- I think that that story, right, resonates with myself. Uh, I've told that story here on the show before and and just uh, I myself going through church hurt and, and that really um, I'd already been online, but then really being able to then enter into a space where the same as you're saying, like, man, so many people being online. And so just to hear that, uh, man, so good. Well, I, for one, I'm glad that you're in that space. I personally have benefited from friendship with you and, and being not just uh, in friendship and online community, but I believe, uh, and I would call it being shepherded by you in a season mm-hmm. where I needed it. And, um, uh, Man, so first off, before we even get any further, thank you so much for for your role. Okay, so I was thinking about this conversation and just like, what would I ask John? Like, and especially right now being a solo episode, like I get all the airtime, right? Yeah. Uh, so like, what do I want to ask John? And I think one of the, the questions that I've kind of been mulling over and in my reflection of building my own uh, framework for like, what is a digital pastor? So like, I've got my own thoughts and my own like core beliefs for me, but I want to hear from you because I know that that's something that you put forward, like your digital pastor, you explained it before too in the intro. So John, tell me what your framework is for digital pastors. We continue this conversation. To me, digital pastoring for connects to a different part. I've noticed that a lot of digital pastors are more apostolic or entrepreneurial and out like plant wanting to plant churches and do different mediums and expressions. And I think that's awesome. Uh, but for me, digital pastoring connects to my other primary role, which is pastoral care. Okay. And I'm just a person who has some, a passion and I think a gifting that's been kind of like confirmed for pastoral care of like, I love counseling with people. I love walking with people in their spiritual journey and that's a part of what I do. So like, I'm the guy that like actually likes doing funerals. Uh, they're not easy, but like, I, I like doing that. And same thing with weddings, hospital visits, all that stuff. Uh, and so my digital pastoring is just kind of an extension of what I would do in pastoral care in person. And what I notice digitally is that it's like a scattered people. It's people from all over the world with different contexts and not to put myself in the place of Jesus because it's not humble, but it's like, you know, he had compassion on them for they were like sheep without a shepherd. Um, And I just noticed that a lot of people and I'll even throw myself into this, um, like we aren't getting pastored. Um, We aren't being cared for. We aren't being having somebody that's like a not an authority figure, but more like a spiritual director that's going to walk alongside us and help us through the difficult parts in life. And as I looked into spiritual direction, I heard from someone and uh, Kate uh, Devlar, I can't remember her last name, um, said this, uh, a non-anxious, non-manipulative presence. And I think so many people lack that in their lives that they don't have somebody for their spiritual lives that's a non-anxious, non-manipulative presence. And so when I think of digital pastoring, that's what I think of, because unfortunately, in a lot of our church contexts, we come from high authority kind of contexts. We come from, some of us come from toxic kind of contexts. And that means, what that means is, we're not used to having somebody who uh, we're used to having people that make us anxious or people that we're worried might be manipulating us because they don't have our best interest in mind. They have their best interest in mind. Yeah. And being kind of disconnected out of context, like online was kind of a, like a good drug. And I'll, I'll say a good drug for somebody who like, who is wired and thrives on helping people. Um, because I'm disconnected from you. And so, like, you can tell me your stuff and I'm not trying to get you to go one direction or another because whatever decision you make, it doesn't change my life. I'm just there to try to do the best for you. Mm. And I think I've gravitated towards some of that pastoring in the digital space 
and soul care and things like that because and i know that we'll, we'll get there but that's part of the whole reason i do the podcast that i do yeah. um is the soul care piece and helping people uh, do that man i love that and and i think that's such a a huge you know for me that that is such a huge piece of like what is digital ministry kind of moving forward right Mm-hmm. what is digital like what what was my aim what even as i think about you know this podcast and my you know my role in this podcast and yeah. kind of uh if i were to go back into digital ministry what does that actually look like as far as you know quote unquote full time ministry right or or part time yeah. ministry or any sort of time ministry uh is that like that core piece of it's got to be relational it's got to be you know, getting back to those core tenets of the love one another, you know, the one yeah. another verses, right? And like, what mm-hmm. does it look like to to be with the people in this different medium? And, uh, yeah. and I was just having a conversation with another pastor last night, and we got to talking about that non-anxious, non-manipulative, like what that does to, like what that does to us as ministers, you and I both have uh you're still currently on staff yeah Uh, i have been on church staff before and that what that does to have anxious and manipulative people in our lives or to Mm -hmm. to have that even i would say perception of that right like i'll give the benefit of the doubt like sometimes it's just perception but what that does to our souls what that does to our our spirit as people right Mm. and um Man, if that's happening on staff, what is it doing to the people that don't have that everyday connection to the church building, to the church culture, to right? And so, so yep. man, what a uh, what a powerful thought, what a powerful stream. Yeah, all of that for I think uh, relevant to our conversation, but also we could spend hours talking about that. Um, Matt, so you mentioned the podcast, right? Yeah, uh, and I, we've talked about the podcast network and everything, so. Tell us a little about your podcast, uh, Better on the Inside. Better on the Inside. And the first, the beginning, we had a great tagline, working for a church without losing your soul, right? How to work for a church without losing your soul. And that like immediately connects to people, especially on church staffs or that are like very ingrained in volunteering. And so that's where we started. And we've evolved a little bit. We're talking more about digital stuff this season and and not as much about soul care and and things like that but the point of the podcast is to make people and the church better on the inside because when you make people better on the inside the church is better on the inside because we are the church mm. the people are the church it's not the institution it's not the organization it's the people it always has been it always will be you can fight me on that but you're going to lose because it's just true the people are the church like it's not a building it's not a thing yeah. and so um it's been really focused on being better on the inside. The short story is, um, and it it's a little bit potentially like propaganda. So just follow with me on this one. We went to a conference at a huge church, just a massive church in Birmingham, Alabama, and they were very open-handed. And um, I, I haven't experienced a lot of negative stuff there, but I know that there are some legitimate concerns about so there. Uh, it's church of the Highlands. I'll name names. Um, Acts 29, uh, I, not Acts 29 church planning network. They do the arc, um, church okay. planning, legitimate problems with arc abuse, all kinds of stuff, uh, abuse and spiritual trauma inside the organization. So I'm not saying this organization is perfect. Um, so the thing that tripped us out is that we were there and like, it felt like people had like drank the Kool-Aid, like, and we're super cynical. We're a super cynical people, uh, our church, our city church people. And so we're like, okay, what's the catch? All right. What's the, where's the, we're going to go digging until we find the problem. Um, and I got a chance to chat with one of their staff members that works on their digital team. And she said something that gave the name of the podcast. She said, you know, it's better on the inside. And she goes, I started as an attender and then I was a volunteer and then I was on staff and then I was a leader. And at every step I've gotten closer to Jesus Mm. at every step, my relation with Jesus has gotten better. So it's better on the inside. And it blew my mind because I'm like, wait, 
church can work like that? Uh, like, wait, the more you do, not the more burnt out you are, not the less, not the more your soul no. is grieved. No, the you mean the more that you're inside this, the more care that you're receiving, the closer spiritually you are with Jesus. That sounded like a pipe dream. That sounded like something that could never happen. And so the name of the podcast comes from that of going, what if it was better on the inside? What if the church wasn't a machine that chewed people up and spit people out what if it was a machine that that nurtured people and cared for people or actually let me take it a step further what if it wasn't a machine at all uh what if it was a what if it was a garden right what if it was a a farm where people could grow and develop seasonally in their own time and what if it was a beautiful place that could do that where working for a church was good for your soul and so that's where the podcast came from man that's so good and i i I will say too like i was actually listening to uh the first episode of season two and so i hear you with the pivot like i i've witnessed that pivot from you know early on being okay how do you work for a church and then kind of slowly the pivot to like well how do you just be a part of a church yeah i would say that 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 episode that you talked about like digital spaces and all the uh the all that research that had been going on and and you know the way that people are responding online and, and how to approach like honestly i i see it as tying into that soul care and as tying into like in order like it's been said so many times in so many places, but as pastors, as ministry leaders, and let's just face it, as brothers and sisters in the church, right? Yeah. Like fellow believers of the body, if we do not care for how we approach digital spaces, we're ignoring the majority, like a good majority yep. of the world, how they interact with technology how they interact absolutely in the classroom in the workspace and obviously that's not everybody but it is a good majority and yeah. so for a, a uh for a movement that says we want to reach the whole world for a movement that says we want to take this message everywhere and to then look at a medium and a space and not go how do we best approach this um i think is denying a form of, of soul care to, yeah. to people Oh, that's a great point, Hector, because I'm a big, the proof is in the pudding people, a person. And so like, if, if, if we're supposed to become more like Jesus, then we should be becoming more like Jesus. And every, every Christian should be making everything they touch better. Um, because we should be the kind of people that people love to be around and that people connect with and, and so, man, I'm tracking with what you're talking about of like, we should, it, it is for the soul. Yeah. It's for the soul. Like it, it, it should feed us and it should, it, whatever, whatever expression of church or degree of church, or if you're not, if you can't do organized church right now, whatever degree of relationship with Jesus, it should be renewing and refreshing and it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect all the time. There's seasonality to it, but it shouldn't be a, a take. It shouldn't yeah. be something that hurts your soul. It should, it should be something that, that makes it better. Yeah. It just, it just should. And if it's not doing that, then it's not Jesus. Yeah. If it's not doing that, then it's not what it's supposed to be. And so and that's a great way to put it of like, I think online, especially the influence of the church should look even more pronounced online because online it's a hellscape like i like the digital hellscape that is social media right now it it's a horrible place it yeah. it might it it is hell like in some circles and i don't know that christians are making it better i think we might be making it worse yeah man okay so my my brain's going to three places okay yeah. so yeah, yeah um i'm gonna state two things because i want to get to them and then i'm gonna say something so that i can get it but um one i want to hear some of the things you're learning about inside of that pivot yeah um two i lost that second one uh but three yeah. man I, I was listening to and this is self-promotion on our own podcast but i was listening to our highlights episode right mm. Three or four times of the day. So I've got all these yeah. clips, you know, just singed in my brain. Yeah. 
Um, but man, um, oh, and I can't remember her name. Lindsay Murphy, Pastor Lindsay yeah. Murphy. She opens up the episode, the, the highlights episode, and yeah. she just says something that, like, when I was scrubbing through the episode looking for this clip, just struck me. And she was like, you know, we talk about all these digital spaces and we say, you know, uh, she said, the Lord convicted me that, like, you know, we we say, oh, that's the devil took that and we complained. He goes, yeah, but we didn't do anything about it. We mm. let we let the enemy take control yes and then we yes. cry about it and we say oh that's that's his playground and that's this and it's like yeah because we didn't let him know he wasn't welcome in some of those right. spaces and right? so um man I, I love what you talk about like the church touching the places the church being in these spaces and being able to have relationships with people um and, and not even so that the goal of like, well, how many people can I befriend to tell them mm -hmm. about Jesus, right? Which is traditionally how we see mission, but yeah. rather I think is, no, how can I be again, the safe, non-anxious, non-manipulative yeah. presence as I'm engaging online is such a, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Well, okay. I, we could get off on talk about this all day, but qualitative metrics are still metrics mm. and the church and the church because of how it's been built over the last 50 to 60 years is a big reflection of the business world and it's very similar to businesses and so return on investment metrics measures it's butt budgets and baptisms right that's what it is how many butts are in your seats how much are you receiving in tithes and offerings and how many people are you baptizing those are the three metrics that like every church tracks. But your point, you can track metrics of gospel conversations and evangelism and all this stuff. And I'm not even saying that's bad. Like, I, I don't actually have anything against that. But I am also here to tell people that qualitative metrics, like people's story, is a metric that matters. And it's probably the metric that matters the most. And so just because you can't put it on a spreadsheet doesn't mean it doesn't matter and it doesn't, it's not a measure. And so when you hear a story of, or when you experience a story of just being a friend to somebody, like what if Christians were the best friends, dude, that's a vision right there. Just what if you were just a good friend and you didn't expect anything in return, you showed up for people, you loved people and like, man, that's a good friend and not how many times did you invite them to church? Not how many gospel conversations did you have? Not how many sermons did you send them? Not how many events did you get them to come and be a part of? Like, what if it was just like, I love this person and their life is better because I was in it. And, and because they're in mine, right? Right. And our lives are better because we're in each other's lives and we have something that's kind of larger at play and connection like that's a metric that i think everybody can get behind yeah yeah and again it's it is letting go of those uh uh the return on investment yeah. like goals right like how yeah. do we see this thing as we put in we get out we put in we get out and yeah okay so the scripture that's coming to mind is that the lord gives and the lord takes away right so like it's not even up to us to like figure out like what is success yeah. It's like, Hey, we're going to go forward and we're going to put effort. And yeah, as long as that effort is what God has called us to, whatever he decides to give in return yes. is successful is yep. good is right. And if we can take the pressure off ourselves, that's the other thing, right? Like yeah. talk about anxiousness, like let's just take the pressure off ourselves to, to see this growing thing always growing always being bigger always yep. doing more always yep. moving in the direction that um doesn't allow for rest or doesn't allow for yeah. hey you need to see now i going back to your farming right yeah. like your farming analogy like man like some sometimes you just need to not grow a crop yep. you switch out a different crop you know so it, that later on another crop will uh, benefit but yeah the crop that you're doing is for good use. It isn't just a throwaway crop. So anyway, what were you yeah, that's how farm that's how farming works. Like that's how far there's a season where the land stays like it it lies and you prune and you pull up weeds. And so I have so many things going on in my head. This is a perfect glimpse inside my brain, Hector. 
uh, you're a little more holy than me. So a scripture came to your mind. Uh, a scripture came to my mind too, but also a line from uh, a, a movie. Can't hardly wait. Uh, not can't hardly wait. Uh, she's all that. Uh, because uh, the scripture, I'll go with the scripture first, right? One sows and one harvests, right? Like that's just how the spreading of the gospel has been described from the beginning of like, you don't know if you're planting seed, you don't know if you're harvesting seed, but if somebody gets baptized in your church, God has been at work for years before that. And you have no idea how many spiritual conversations they've had. And you have no idea how many people you've affected that have been baptized or their lives have been changed somewhere else because of the conversation you had. So there's that part. But then when it comes to the non-manipulative, non-anxious presence, um, it makes me think of she's all that when she finds out that it was a bet and she looks at him and she goes, is that all I was to you as a freaking bet? And if our friends look at us and go, is that all I was to you as a gospel conversation? Is that all I was to you is a metric that you could tell your pastor about? That is a, that is manipulative. And that makes, that's anxious for all of us. Yeah. If we're do and here's the thing, you'll say the same thing that Freddie Prince Jr. as Zach Seiler said in the movie. You'll go, no, but I fell in love with you and it's real now. But the fact that it's based on something that was untrue, that was somewhat manipulative, that your motivation to talk to this person was to get a check mark or was to um be able to tell the story or i feel the pressure to have gospel conversations or i need to invite a friend to church because my pastor said if that's your motivation that is going to be the foundation of your relationship and even if it grows into something else and sometimes it happens and it's not a big deal but if you really want to have non-anxious non-manipulative presence like you really want to be like a soul friend like uh, somebody who is there and connecting. It's not about what you get out of it. It's not about the tr a tracking metric. It's not about any of that. It's about something else. And that gets me fired up because I think of all, of all people, Christians should be the best patrons of things like that. We should be a people that can give without expectation in return. Yeah. And we've lost that. We've lost that. The return on investment for Christians is a kingdom concept. The return on your investment is realized in God's kingdom and you won't see it until after you die. That, yeah. that is one of Jesus's basic teaching principles. Build up your treasures in heaven, right? Your investment in this life connects to something beyond. And even that can be kind of weirdly manipulative. Like, look, I'm storing up treasure in heaven. I'm doing this. Yeah. It's like, that. I, I don't think that was his point. I don't think it was this, this should be the new way to measure and track. I think it should say, don't, I think that's, don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't track God's it. watching. Yeah. Like yeah. God, God's got it. You just do good. Yeah. Just do good and don't worry about what it benefits you. So we should be people that can do good without receiving anything in return. Yeah. And sacrificially I, giving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and okay. So, uh, like the flip side of that, where again, not anxious and manipulative of like, you just need a sacrifice and like your reward will be in heaven, right? There's that whole side to it as well. But Angelique and I have been talking about, um, oh, where is it? Is it, is it James? Uh, live a, you know, make your aim to live a, a quiet and peaceful life, right? Like, what does that look like as Christ followers in a world and at the same time in, digital spaces of what does it look like to lead a quiet and peaceful life and not necessarily look for platform and not necessarily look for influence, but to also be able to have influence in people's lives. Like what a, what a careful thing to hold, right? Because mm. it, it means like some days I'm going to hold this a little to the left. Some days I'm going to hold it a little to the right. Some days I'm going to hold it a little bit higher. And some days yep. I'm like, some days I got to put it down and just say, like, it's not for me right now. Um, anyway, man, that's just everything's mm. going, everything's firing. Mm. I, I love preach, preacher, preach, love, preacher. Yeah. Love these conversations, man. Um, okay. So with, with all the, the conversations you're having inside the podcast, I want to get back to, to better on the inside. Yeah. Not that this wasn't good. I just, sure. uh, what is like, 
as you're having these conversations with people, as you're having conversations with those in the church, now outside of the church, kind of all over the place in the church, um, man, what is something that like you're kind of learning, uh, maybe sitting with, uh, not necessarily, I, I want to be clear, like not necessarily like, oh, what am I? What am I learning that like, mm -hmm. you know, like what is sitting in your soul that's like causing you like, you know, you just kind of lose minutes, right? Just thinking about it. Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest thing, the biggest learning so far has been on the abs the need for curiosity and how important curiosity is to a spiritual life. And churches deal so much in certainty. We are obsessed with certainty. And that certainty is not only part of what is hurting people on the inside of the church, it's what dri it is driving people away from the church. And if you're objecting with, oh, but Jesus, there was a lot of certainty, I get it, but you don't know everything. And Jesus told his disciples, y'all don't know everything. If I want to keep this guy alive till I come back, I'll keep him alive till I come back. Who, who can know? Who can know these things? And so this certainty that we're squeezing and holding onto with a fist is absolutely hurting us and driving people away. And the only response is curiosity. And the distinct lack of curiosity in the church has not only tanked our creativity, it has tanked our empathy and curiosity is the start of empathy. You can't have empathy without curiosity because curiosity is the thing that makes you ask the question, what is it like in that person's shoes? How much must it hurt to feel this way? And man, when I think of the distinct lack of curiosity, that is a thing that through every episode we've recorded, the need for curiosity and how important it is, is there's a huge vacuum right now. So if there was one thing, it's that. It's the absolute need to pivot from certainty to curiosity in as many church spaces and within all of our hearts as we possibly can. I think what, what is so profound is that like, even when we say, hey, I don't know the answer, I'm going to be curious enough to ask is it's actually leaning into the certainty we have of the hope of Jesus and the hope. Yes. Of and the, like all these things that we talk about, we believe and that like salvation is through Jesus alone and all these things. Right. The more curious we are about like where for me, I guess the question that pops in my head is like, where does Jesus want to meet this person? And if we're curious mm. about that and we can say, Cause here's okay. So like just an insight into my approach is yeah, come on, man. Like if someone were to tell me, man, I'm really struggling because like, and I've actually had this happen in my life. So I'll use a real world example. Yeah. Hey man, I prayed for my grandma for so mm. long and God didn't do anything to heal her. So like, how does that work into my faith and trust yep. you if you want yep. to listen to my prayers? Right. And instead of going, well, you know, doing the whole joke thing, right? Well, yep. I mean, maybe you had sin in your life or maybe God, mm. you know, wanted, did blah, 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 all the things. It's like, instead, what we can do is like, man, can I just ask, like, why, why does that hurt so much? Like, I, I want, I yeah. want to know, like, can you dive deeper into that? Because you yep. pushed back in a way that was very specific. So like, I want to. I want to explore that with you again, soul yep. care, pastoring, shepherding, to be able to say, yeah, dude, that's hard. And I don't know that pain, but I can tell yeah. you that I see it. Yeah. I'll acknowledge well, that's, it for you. That's usually, and doing a lot of pastoral care, you don't, you can't, because that's usually when we break into the bag of platitudes. And we go, well, you know what? Everything happens for a reason, or yeah. it was just her time. Or even as, you know, schmaltzy is like, God needed another angel. And, oh, like you, you have these platitudes that are really spiritual bypasses to the actual pain that people are experiencing. And to your point, asking the question of going, even a, a question that's been really helpful when I've done funerals is like, um, why were you praying so hard for God to heal them? Oh. Or, 
or what 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 hope did you place in the healing because guess what if your grandmother's 89 she done lived a good life and she's in a and she's in a ton of pain and i know that you i i I sat with you while you had to deal with the stress of chemo and the stress of this and the stress of that and so what what does what does she needing to be here do for you and you start delving into these conversations about what they lost and why they miss her and what why god needed to heal her well it's like because she was the spiritual foundation and she did good things for everybody and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's like, oh, yeah, like that makes sense. Tell me about some of the good stuff she did. But people are always connecting it eventually to their own mortality to somebody. Yeah. Because, well, okay, because follow if God takes my grandmother who is a saint, I'm not nearly as good at her level. So what could happen to me? Yeah. And is that a God that I want to trust? And then yeah. you can also get into like, at some point in almost every counseling conversation i've been i realize i've been getting to this a lot is whose voice is that and my my current pastor uh my pastor friend sherry has a whole series that she did called who told you that and who told you that is an amazing question and it's one of the questions from the garden yeah. <laughs> right largely uh, and it's one of the questions that we as humans are just dealing with of who told you that and so who told you that by praying for healing it would happen and then you start then you get into a theological conversation eventually about like well god doesn't heal everybody and paul had issues and everybody you know uh, my my current senior pastor says everybody jesus healed died eventually Bro. Yep. And and it's like we all die. And sometimes, honestly, Hector, sometimes the healing is in death. Because if you have faith, every I've told many families, I think your prayers for healing are always answered. Just not always on this side of heaven. Yeah. And so she's healed. She's just not with you. She's with Jesus. Yeah. Because yeah. where she is, there's no pain. There's no suffering. There's no poverty. There's no any of those. Like, she's in a better place. Like, and that's the that's the platitude. She's in a better place. But where you, where you have to have the conversation through the meaning and the love and the care, the loss is ours. It's grief. There's a hole in your life that you're never going to fill. Yeah. Okay. So now instead of the curiosity is wanting to explore the hole that this that this departed person left in their life just to understand it better not to try to get them to move through it Ugh. yeah man and and i don't i don't necessarily want to get into like the, the circular kind of thinking yeah. of it, but at the same time it is important to to recognize and like this whole thing we're talking about of uncertainty and you know yeah how how do we or curiosity rather and mm -hmm. and how we you know kind of begin to shy like stay away from not shy away from but stay away from this well we have to be certain in order to like actually be doing work and actually be right. correcting people's theology and right all this stuff like i think because we don't know how to do that in the like the so like a family member dying is absolutely very yep. serious and and, and yep. heavy and it, but in the end, it's like everyone deals with that, like mm -hmm. in the like 100% of the people that you universal dealing with, right? Yep. Yep. The problem is if we can't even deal with that as leaders, ministers, believers, friends, if we can't deal with those things with a, a level of tact and grace and curiosity, then of course, the things we've already mentioned on this show spiritual abuse manipulation sexual abuse like we will not be able to touch that with a stick a mile long right mm -mm. Like we got mm -mm. no one we got no business doing it but we we won't we just have no toolkit for it and so um man the curiosity of it all like you and i are both online and i know you did a, a yep. episode before too talking about it where it's like man the fact that so many people are certain that oh you're just you're making that up. That's not mm. how it happened. So and so mm -hmm. is a great theologian. Uh, wrote so many books. Yep. Has so many ministry partnerships. There's no way that person could have done that. And 
that right there is what is eating at the institution of the church yeah, right is absolutely is going to it will eventually rot out everything um because we don't know how to do it and and i you hate having to give the disclaimer like i understand yeah. there are people doing this i really do yep. on, on a large scale it's not happening yep um the the, curi the curiosity is saying what if they're right what if mm. they're what yeah if they're right yeah if it's and let me say this if it's not for you don't take it so Ooh, if it's not for that. you don't take it don't take it it's not yours yeah don't don't even worry about it yeah. you good um but to your point like if we can't walk with people what are we doing like what are we doing if we're if we're not even allowing ourselves because what you're talking about is the institutions like compulsion and seeming like default state is to bury our head in the sand and put our fingers in our ears and go, Jesus loves me, this I know, and not listen. Yeah. And you, if you're curious, you listen. That's another part of curiosity. You got to listen to people. And okay, do you really think all these people are making up church abuse stuff? Um, and then let me take it a step further. If they are making it up, what kind of pain would cause someone to do that, that you shouldn't listen to them? what like false allegations nobody thinks that's cool yeah there's not anybody that you know and it does happen i, I think it's very rare yeah uh i think it's very rare and if that's the case what is your faith that jesus will make it right you don't have to protect your reputation jesus will take care of that yeah. so let's listen to people jesus didn't um he didn't spend a lot of time silencing people except for the people that weren't used to being silenced like the religious leaders bro that's that's a bar let me tell you yeah. that is yeah uh, he like every they spoke to him he asked questions he was interested he he like there's very few interactions of jesus where he just heals someone and doesn't say anything doesn't interact with them there's like uh the woman the, hey touched who touched my cloak who touched it and he has this whole conversation the samaritan woman he has a conversation the the demoniac like the guy that's been possessed like he has a conversation yeah. even with the demons he has the conversation yeah. there's never a moment where he's not listening yeah and we're not jesus but that's the standard for us to follow that's a that's a way that we can we can try to be more like him yeah, well, like with the demoniac, right? Like Jesus tells him, like, hey, let's just keep it, you know, like we're gonna keep this on the down low, you yeah. know, like don't tell everybody. Do? He goes and tells everybody, right? He just can't he, help it. Because why? He because can't help it. There is when when we are, and obviously it's Jesus and blah blah blah, but Jesus yeah. is the person that we look to to be shaped into. Mm. And so I'll trust God to do that work and for for Jesus to go and say, hey, let's not the point isn't to go and tell everyone how great I am. Like let, let's just kind of I want to celebrate your freedom here, right? Yes. Now, this moment. Yes. Can we just celebrate that? And the dude has no theological training, no training of, hey, this is the 10 ways to share the gospel and you got to mm -hmm. find the one as you're having no. The dude just goes and says, Hey, you remember me? I'm the guy who's chained. Right. And I broke those chains because I was possessed. Like it's me. I'm talking yeah. to you right now. I am of sound yep. mind. This Jesus changed me. And if we could be happy enough with that and celebrate those stories, like that is getting to the core of what the church is. Yes. Yes. That's because that's evangelism. And that's why when the Samaritan woman goes back to town and tells the people, She's an evangelist. Yeah. And they see that something's different. And that's why when he heals, uh, oh, I forget who he heals, but he heals him. And then they bring in his parents to try to be like, okay, is this really the guy? They're trying to discredit the miracle because yeah. the miracle speaks for itself. Come on. The miracle speaks for itself of going, 
I was once possessed by demons. And I, even if you don't believe in possession, I was once the guy roaming the cemetery and attacking people. Now I'm not. Yeah. And you know, you know who did that? Jesus. I was once you know, fill in the blank, bleeding for however many years. And now I'm not. My son was dead. Now he's not. This was this, that the resurrection power of Jesus speaks for itself. Jesus doesn't even have to speak, even though his speaking is incredible. And what he has to say is fantastic. The miracle speaks for itself. People get it. People and people will respond. And what does he tell the disciples? Like they, and the disciples repeat over and over and over again. We are witnesses. We're just giving the testimony to what we saw. The sermons we preach is Christ crucified and resurrected because we were there. And so, so much of our evangelism has this like strategy or content piece where it's like, just tell people what Jesus did for you. The miracle will speak for itself. The miracle speaks. Yep. Yeah. Well, and man, I'll, I'll be honest. And, and I just in, in kind of reflecting on our conversation today and, and different topics, I'm just like, man, like, the power, the, the 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 testimony that would be if the spirit were to move in spaces that have been abusive. Um, and I'm not talking of like the church at large, mm. mega church. I'm talking about like specific ABC yep. church on 123 Road has been abusive. Uh, the city is has problems with them because of the way that they're treated. Uh, mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z happened in town. They're being told they're going to hell. The power of what it would look like if the spirit came in and transformed that space to say this, as you were saying, right? This was once yep. the reality, and now it's this. And yep. there's nothing to be attributed. No, no uh, system, no discipleship program, no five-year yep. plan, uh, no, you know, book, study, mm -hmm. right? Anything except the the miraculous power of Jesus came in, took care of business, repentance happening, uh, yep. confession happening. Because here's here's the thing, and I've been reflecting a lot on this, and as I've been writing about my experience in church, yes. like I wrestle with, okay, how much do we put out there? How much? Because I want, it's just like, man, you know what the power of the gospel says is I can put all that in front of you, but also tell you that Jesus was willing to transform it and that Jesus mm -hmm. wasn't afraid of it either. Like, we're so afraid of these broken places that if it's true, then, like, it, it means that I'm a broken person or I'm a, and like, yeah, but, yeah. but you don't have to stay there. Like, the gospel says that Jesus came to make us whole relationally yep. with one another, reconciled to God, reconciled to one another, reconciled to creation, like. Mm -hmm. All these things, if we really believe the gospel story, it changes the way that we interact and, and engage and are willing to bring hard and dark stories in to say, hey, that's too much. Can you just quiet down there a little bit? Don't tweet that. Mm -hmm. Don't share that yep. story. And go instead go, hey, thank you so much for sharing that. That experience, yep. like, I understand that, that that one was hard to share, and that's a hard yeah. experience. Can I tell you that that doesn't scare Jesus? Yeah. It doesn't scare him. And it doesn't scare me. I'm still going to engage with you the same way that I was. Like, I'm not going to pull back. I'm going to lean in. Mm -hmm. That type of power, that type yeah. of Woo! engagement, you know? Um, Let's go, baby. Because we could be the people, we could be the people that stand by the blind beggar and go, shut up. Stop it. Yeah. Like, stop asking. He's like, son of David, heal me. And he's being a nuisance. Yeah. Just an absolute nuisance on the side of the road. Son of David. And then what does Jesus ask him? What do you want me to do for you? He knows. He's yeah. a blind beggar. He he doesn't even have to be Jesus to know. Yeah. But he still asks him. But then what if we were more like the friends who tore open the roof and lowered the man in? Yeah. The and instead of going, hey, let's keep that story away from Jesus. Well, uh, unclean. Unclean. It reminds me of Wally. -E. There's that robot. That's obsessed Dude, with I'm cleaning. So I've never seen Wally. Okay, that's okay. Uh, your homework today, uh, this week, is to get some time with Angelique and watch Wally. -E. Um, I I love it. You're probably gonna cry. Um, but there's a robot in Wally -E, because a lot of people haven't seen it. There's a robot that's obsessed with cleaning, 
and anything dirty comes in and he just has to clean it. And that is so often what we try to do with Jesus of you're unclean, you can't come in. And it's like telling the blind beggar to shut up. It's like telling the woman to stay away from him. It's like telling all and what you're talking about is going, come on, Jesus got you. Yeah. Come on, tell the story. Come on. Jesus is going to give you a story. And even if he doesn't heal you, there's going to be a story in it. Yeah. And it's going to be the story of his his reconciliation. Yeah, man. And and in in the end, it it starts from the top down, right? As far as like always. If we can do, if we can model it as leaders, I say, I say it because I, for so long I was on staff and not currently, but like mm-hmm. we as believers and, and as those who've been called to shepherd, especially, man, if we can model it to people mm-hmm. that like, this is doable, it's possible. And it isn't like, yep. because I have super spiritual shoes on, it's because I'm willing to let you know that like. Hey, my clothes is dirty and Jesus washed yep. them. Like, yep. And that's got to be a reality every day. And it, it it starts from there to then see that, like, okay, it can be better, right? Getting back yeah. to better on the inside. It can be better yep. the further and deeper, not just in the church or in the, the staff and mm-hmm. working for the church, but in the kingdom. The further yep. that you walk into the kingdom, the better it is, the better it can be. That's right. And that's uh, right. Man, that's. Yeah, we had a pastor named Mike Oviedo, whom I loved, and he used to be a drug dealer before he found Jesus, and he was pretty brutal. And one of the things that stays with me is he's like, I'm just a beggar telling the other beggars where the bread is. And we can never lose that perspective, never lose the perspective that we're anything other than a sinner just pointing the way to Jesus. And it doesn't matter where you are on the pecking order. It doesn't matter if you're Billy Graham, Mother Teresa, or the Pope. You're a sinner pointing people in the way of Jesus and there's no removal. And that is what I think gets us. We want to think we're better than the bad people. And we're just not, we are the bad people. That's the whole story. Like, and Jesus says it over and over this, what this is, this is a hospital for the sick that that's what, and we're all sick. That's what it is. It's not a social club for saints. It's a hospital for the sick and the broken. And so if we can't embrace that perspective, we're always going to want to keep the uncomfortable truth at arm's length. And you're absolutely right. It's got to start with us as pastors. And so as I talk with pastors and man, I love having a relationship with you and you, you, you know, you pour a lot into my life. Um, One of the questions that I want to ask pastors is who's your pastor? And a lot of times it's not somebody that's on your staff who's pouring into you. And it doesn't have to be a pastor. It can be your friend. Your friend can be your pastor. Your mom can be your pastor. Your sister can be your pastor. But like, who's pouring into you? Because if you're, uh, to your point, we're not separate from anybody else. We're not, we're not more holy. We're not God's anointed. Um, we're not that. I, I hate that. That makes me so mad. The church is for the people, man. It's not for the super saints. Right. This isn't the NBA. You don't have to be the spiritual LeBron James. Dude. Yeah. Damn. That's so good. Well, okay. So in that vein of uh, being okay with these like hard stories, um, before we get into these questions, though, do you have anything yeah. else you'd like to share just about better on the inside or your experience or digital pastoring? I have- I have a million things I'd like to share. So I have to, you have to have me back some point. Absolutely. We could talk forever. We could talk forever. And I got to have you on my show. You got to come on my show. You and Sarah, I need you on. Absolutely. I told Sarah, I was like, she's like, dude, I am not feeling well. Like I just, I won't be able to do the show. And I was like, Hey, she's like, just do, just do the show by yourself. I'm so sorry. I really want to be there. I was like, we're just going to have to get you on the show. Like, I don't even have to be there. You're just going to have to get Sarah yeah. on the show. Because, and let me say this, um, I can say this because she's not here and she won't hear this. Sarah is a freaking force when it Dude, comes to online ministry, when it comes to in-person ministry, when it comes to mm. loving people, when it comes to all these things that we've talked about today, mm. when it comes to walking alongside people, in and outside of her 
ministry responsibility right yeah yeah man sarah is a freaking force and like she's she's the one who came up with the pocket pulpit she's the one who was like mm. let's do this now this is yeah. important right if you know her story like it's incredible um so you need to have her on the show like, yes she's incredible yeah um, we're gonna have both of you guys on all right oh man okay so we have these two questions about your experience in doing ministry and so man john tell us about a time that you were just trying to do online ministry digital ministry trying to to be curious maybe and you just it you blew it it just didn't go well well there's a big one that sticks with me and it's in 2016 2017 we completely pivoted our entire church organization to focus on digital and we had all of our other stuff going we had the weekend service we had our you know our our community stuff that were you know discipleship and we're like you know what digital is such a big part of the future we have to create a whole digital team we got to do all this and the whole thing got organized under me leading it and I had so many resources. I mean, our team was like eight or nine people. Like we had video people, we had editors, we had everything you would want to launch good digital ministry. Absolutely everything. And we didn't accomplish even a tenth of what we wanted to. And right before the pandemic, it kind of dissolved the department. Uh, which was genius, right? Uh, we can't see the future. So right before we're going to have to produce all sorts of digital stuff, like all the video guys had found other gigs or went other places and we kind of dissolved the department. And so uh, to me, a failure is not being able to achieve a better vision. Some of this vision of digital and and I got to be honest, Hector, a lot of it I didn't have at the time. A lot of the vision came from that failure of not being able to execute what I thought we needed to do um, was absolutely a failure. Like we got to call it like you don't dissolve a department for something that's important. If it wasn't, if it was producing what we had hoped it would, I think it would have been uh, that would have never happened. Yeah. And so the failure was, and the thing that's hard is that I talk to so many digital people and they're like, my church doesn't give me the resources. I don't get what I need to make this happen. I don't have this. I don't have that. And I got everything you would ask for. I got everything that any digital pastor would ask for. And just, it didn't nothing. And I won't say nothing. There's a, there's a lot of good stuff that came from it, right? Yeah. There was a lot of updating. There was a lot of good stuff that happened and and so it's not to discount that work at all um but it is to say that we never were able to move forward i feel like uh, the way that one team member described it is uh we got caught up to 2012 by you know 2018 2019 yeah um and, and we bridged the gap so that's good but we didn't move it forward like we all had in our visions yeah. of what we could of what we could dream of what we could make it and so that does feel like a failure yeah yeah man i mean that's tough like and it really is like you, you think about the i think just in hearing that and and for as someone who felt similar sometimes of like ah just i need this one thing just to keep going right um but what what i would say is the flip like encouragement to anyone listening who's in that position Mm -hmm. of like i just need one thing or one more resource or one more volunteer or to let something die so that i can do this whatever it is right is that man if you are producing anything on a regular basis with consistent quality like keep going because if you can be resourceful in what you're you're doing like my my hope for you is that like the lord would resource it so that as you learn it becomes less about that technology and more about leveraging that technology to continue the the 
relationships and community you're already building and the resources yeah. you're building. Um. Anyway, so I, that's just for me is I'm like, ah, oh, failure, that's but good. how do we learn from it? And how do we move forward? Yeah. What's the inverse? That's um, great. Okay. So we, we don't like, like as much as we want to be honest yeah. about failings, we don't like to stay there. No, uh, because we also want like the show is meant to encourage and to to push people into the future of digital ministry and to see that it's successful and good. Yeah, uh, man. So so explain whether it's a story or whether it's things you're learning um, that you just saw success uh, in digital online ministry. Yeah, well, and I'll I'll take a I'll take a clue from kind of what you were talking about um and share the success the fact that i have the better on the inside podcast is the success mm. and it that came from something deep inside of me that i didn't come up with and i think often when we think of podcasts it's like oh i thought about it and then i started doing it well our podcast started probably six to eight months before any episodes got released i wanted to start one and i continued to push back against andre jennings shout out to andre was our creative pastor and we just kept wrestling with it and i was recording episodes and i was doing stuff and it just wasn't working it was the messy middle it was called something else about holiness and the messiness and holiness um that was kind of what we were doing and pushing and pushing and one day over breakfast at tinka taco down here in in san antonio getting some delicious breakfast tacos we find it finally broke of like better on the inside that's that's what your show is and it's working for a church without losing your soul yeah and it, it was the all the wrestling all the fighting all of the we don't get this we're not doing that but at the same time we're trying to make episodes like stuff is like happening and it, we just didn't have the right thing and so finally through all the wrestling came something that was the thing that was in me um and to have something born that is within you and i'm you know i am not somebody who can give birth uh i i am not a woman oh uh, and this is the closest thing to that feeling of, of an idea from inside you that that gets out and then once i was able to like do it it like i almost didn't care who listened like of course i care who listens i check my stats as obsessively as anybody else absolutely um, but getting it out there was like at this point if five people listen to it that's fine yeah. like I, I i don't regret this at all and so i think the success is in digital ministry is the faithfulness to keep going yeah the success is the faithfulness to just be like eh, god you put something there in my heart and i'm coming off this big digital team failure right and like it, there's all this stuff to kind of be like and i don't even know my organization would describe it as a failure but i would um and i'm just coming off all this stuff but to stay in the fight and try to stay faithful for what god is doing i think that's the success that yeah. that is duplicable that everybody can do no matter where you are whether you work for yeah. a church or not man yeah dude that's so good man and and let me tell you like i have benefited from the conversations you're having on your show like from people who like the, the early an early episode i don't know how early but it was about yeah. volunteers and like preventing burnout and like i was just yep. like yo i'm burned out yeah. and so the, yep. the the ministry that your show has been to myself and so i believe mm. that it has been to others um is huge man and so like uh i'm excited to to see it keep going i love where you're going with the show and yeah uh, man i i i agree with you like if the the failing and like that feeling of like oh this thing that didn't go through and like to know what that was and then if that helped birth what you're doing now like that is as it's the mystery of the kingdom that it was good yeah. that that thing failed and like it's the the thing of like ah uh, how could you say that but at the same time it's like man the conversations that are being had right now and yeah let's be honest like those conversations are parallel to like the community that you're a part of online as well mm. and mm. so man like if if those things can't be celebrated then what can and so amen um, 
Man, well, I, John, I've just enjoyed, I always enjoy conversation. Yeah. I'm thankful for for who you are and your pastoral, not just pastoral heart, but uh, the way that you actually live that out, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and I, I, again, have just benefited from, from your friendship, um, your leadership, and your walking out of what it means to be a Christ follower in all spaces. And, uh, dude, I love, you mentioned tacos, and I can't wait to get tacos with you. So, dude, let's get uh, some tacos. I'm just going to keep I sending you, spe- you know, talk about yep. TikTok. I'm just going to keep texting yeah. you TikToks of San Antonio eateries. So, yeah, uh, I checked out that pub place that you mentioned. Yeah, so I, I meant to text you about that, but, uh, yeah, man, got, finally got some fun in San Antonio. So that was fun. But, That's hey, man, awesome. um, before I let you go, where can people find you online? Uh, the best place to find me is at John Pyle on Twitter, J O N P Y L E. Find me there. All my links are there. All my stuff is there. You can find my podcast from there. All of it. So find me on Twitter. All right. We're going to have all of that in the, uh, in the show notes as well. And so, uh, I'll try to do better about putting those links, man, putting those links yeah. in the show notes. Um, now, well, John, it has been a blessing to have a conversation with you and, uh, just thank you so much for being here on the show. Dude, thank you for having me. I love the pocket pulpit. Uh, thank you. This show has inspired me in a lot of ways. And I also stole a lot of your guests. So Janai, Amon, Holly Stallcup, uh, Doug Bursch, like I like you have these people have truly, and you and Sarah, of course, have spoken a lot of truth. And so I'm thankful for y'all. So thank oh, you so man. much. Absolutely, man. And you know what? Like in the kingdom, man, like the resources are all his. And so like getting to share that is not like, but you can't have uh so-and-so on your show. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> hey, well, Hey everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, seriously. Uh, really enjoy the, the support and love what we're getting to see, not only here on pocket pulpit and our corner of digital spaces, uh, but getting to see what the network's up to, there's some really exciting yeah. stuff happening. Um, seriously, like if you're at all interested in digital spaces, digital discipleship, uh, online church, uh, uh, VR, like VR mm-hmm. church, like mm-hmm. let me tell you the resources that are um, at the fingertips. If you'll just look into the window, um, yeah. man, there's some resources as part of this network that I think are incredible that like, sometimes it's overwhelming and like as someone yeah. who's like hey i'm just glad to be on podcasting it's like well, what if i wanted to start a vr church you know and all yeah. these things but um man check out check out the network uh tcd the church.digital and uh and just poke around and see what god might inspire you to to be a part of whether just to learn and be an advocate or whether to just take the deep dive into digital ministry uh, man thanks everyone and uh we'll see you next week